Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Kill the Cast podcast. My name is Jerry, and with me is my co-host, Jay. Welcome to prime time, bitch. And joining us is the Silent Hill biker himself, Kenneth. Hi there. I like how Jay just busted in. Like, <laughs> yeah, sorry, I don't have any. I don't have any major, you know, one-liners or anything like that. Sorry. No, you, you don't have any. No, I don't. <laughs> Jay was just like on deck with probably one of the best quotables from a nightmare movie. Very true. My favorite um, nightmare movie too. <laughs> isn't isn't that three yep. Yep. Dream Warriors? So say isn't that held as like besides the first one? That's like one of the best of the series. In my opinion, yeah. Yeah, I probably have to go. I probably have to agree. It's probably this the next one, but I I spent a lot of time watching three and four consecutively because I actually kind of like. Oh yeah, because three and four sync up, and then I think five and six sync up, but I could be wrong about that. Or three, four, and five. Yeah, it's. Three, it's been four, a long five. time since I watched the whole thing. Yeah, because the the sixth one is Freddy's dead, and it goes off on its weird little tangent. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. So, today on the podcast, we are going to talk about the 1981 slasher film, The Prowler. We will be giving a full review on that, and then as a bonus on the end, we will be talking about the movie that just came out, The Witch, which will not be a full review. It will just kind of be our reactions to the movie and thoughts and opinions and all that jazz. So, without further ado what have uh jay what have you been doing this week uh mainly work uh as we've told everyone millions of times and you both work retail i just got a promotion which has given me a more steady schedule so hopefully we'll all come together more often um but check out an awesome movie that everyone should watch maybe we'll go into detail in another episode but he never died it stars henry rollins and it's just fantastic it's best to watch it without learning anything about it just go to netflix start it watch it and you'll thank me later yeah, I'll definitely check it out because I've seen the cover, well, the picture of the cover on Netflix, and I've been cons- been you know interested, so I wanted to watch it. It's really good. I was really impressed. As a friend of mine told me to do the same thing, he said, "Don't watch a trailer, don't read the summary, just start it and watch it," and it it was really good. And see, I love I love Henry Rollins. Is he mad the whole time? No. Well, yeah, kind of. <laughs> It's good, though, and, and it uh, makes sense why why he would be angry the entire time. Hey, Kenneth, what have you been doing this week? Same thing, mostly work, but uh, I checked out a movie called Starry Eyes that was uh, – it was pretty interesting. It was like a satire on uh, you know, how, how, how far that people will go to get, make it in Hollywood. It was, it was really good. I've seen the cover on Netflix, and I, I want to watch it. It looks really looks, – it looks interesting to say the least. But that was probably, other than The Witch, that was probably my big my big one for this week. Gotcha. I just worked and played Doom, <laughs> and I suck at Doom. I just, like, I was just telling Kenneth, there's this, there's, like, these little mini challenges that come up, and you get, like, something special for them, and the one I'm doing right now is, like, kill 30 people with the double barrel shotgun in a certain amount of, in, like, five, in five seconds, but every kill gives you two seconds, unless you do a glory kill that gives you four seconds. And uh, I, I did that for the last hour and still could not do it. So once I get done with this recording, I'll probably go spend another hour trying to do that until I cry myself to sleep. 
Well, the crazy thing about that is those side missions, they're like gambling. So every time you get in there, it's like you want to over and over and over again until you can until you can accomplish it. At least that's the way I look at it. It's like gambling. <laughs> I think I agree with you. It's addictive. So anyway, guys, we're going back to an early slasher this week. The Prowler, 1981, directed by Joseph Zito, who any horror fan will know as the director of Friday the 13th Part 4. And any Chuck Norris fan will know from, like, the two Chuck Norris movies he filmed that I don't remember the name of, because <laughs> fuck Chuck Norris. Okay, why fuck Chuck Norris? Other than the fact that he's got a pretty beard? I mean, he's just overrated. Like, I can't take the Walker, Texas Ranger very seriously. Like I told Jay earlier, the only movie I can think of with him in it that I enjoyed was the one where, like, and I can't remember the name of it, but the kid daydreams. Sidekicks. Sidekicks. Okay, sidekicks, where the kid daydreams all day about fucking being all over his action-y nuts. Oh, come on, you didn't like the Braddock series, man? God, fuck you, Ken. (laughs) Oh, they were great! Uh, So anyway, we're going to start this movie, and you know what you don't see a lot of time when you start off a horror movie? A fucking black and white footage of World War II uh, ships and newsreel-like talking going on. And that's how we start this movie. Black and white warships bringing back the troops from World War II. And we're like, yes, they're bringing back everyone. And then they immediately go into a breakup letter. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, thanks for saving the country. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) Yeah, just immediate breakup. The one thing I did like about it is all the words she was saying matched up with the words that's on the paper. Because you would be surprised at Continuity. how many times they do that in a movie, and it's not – it doesn't match up with what they're saying. Well, see, I'm glad that finally, you know, even though – well, it wasn't really finally because it was 1981. But still, you know, you never really see a movie that is, you know, this into – a guy getting pissed off because, you know, the chick that he was dating or married to, whatever the case may be in any of these situations, breaks up with him. You know what I'm saying? While he's deployed. Yeah, because the letter specifically states that the letter happens in 1944. Um, the author of the letter is named Rosemary. Yeah. So. So. Now that you know that Rosemary broke up with him while he was deployed, we're going to the night of the graduation dance in 1945, and it really just shows a bunch of people walking around. You see a lot of military people who have come back from the war and are going back to their high school sweethearts or college sweethearts, whatever they may be. I was kind of confused throughout this movie if they were high school or college but I know later on they talk about dorms, so I'm assuming that this is some kind of a college situation. But at the same time, they're also like, don't drink, and you got to stay inside, so it feels more like high school. Do you all have an opinion on this? Uh, I, would guess, I would guess college with a conservative town, or within a conservative town. Gotcha. So we see some people, but we'll go, we'll go ahead and jump to the main person, Mr. Jerkoff. This dude is like the biggest asshole and apparently and he's with a girl and they he's like let's get out of here and go to this fucking gazebo and like a janitor bumps into him and he all flips out don't touch my girl and then they get out to his super nice car and he's like yeah your parents are jealous because my parents have more money 
<laughs> like, dude's such a jerk off. Yeah, he's, I mean, it was just like right off the rip, douchebag. <laughs> yeah. So, but what you what you do learn is that the reason he's so angry towards like all these military people is because this girl is Rosemary. She is the one that left a military person for him, and I guess he feels like all the military people are going to team up on him or something. His insecurities are only as big as his wallet. I just think he's a douchebag. <laughs> he pretty much super douche. So they're at the gazebo. He's starting to mac. The lights get turned off. She's starting to flip out. He's like, just like every guy in every single one of these horror movies. No, baby, it's nothing. Let me fuck. <laughs> and uh, right there. We go directly into the first kill, pitchfork to the back, through the chest, into another chest, as uh, the Prowler kills both of them and leaves a rose in the girlfriend's hand. How did y'all feel about this opening? I like the kill. It was actually my favorite, probably my favorite kill of the entire movie. That was probably my favorite. I thought it was a really good setup, and it explained everything without having to over-explain which was nice. As long as you were paying attention, you got all the cues. The kill was interesting, um, and, and I'm with you. I, I really, I really enjoyed it. I will so, say this though: it took me a minute to to get that that was Rosemary because my audio for this copy of the movie was kind of was kind of really low, and so I, I had to turn my TV up really, really loud. But uh, it took me a minute to get that that was actually Rosemary because most of the time in these slasher movies it could be just anybody getting killed. So it took me a minute, and then I went back and looked at it and actually, you know, discovered that that was Rosemary. But, you know, like I said, that was my favorite kill of the entire movie. The rest of it was kind of kill-wise. I was just, eh. I I can see where you're coming from on the uh, telling it was Rosemary thing because, like, rule number one of supervillain superpowers in a horror movie, as soon as you smell the hint of sex in the air, you're going to it like a bloodhound and someone's dying. That's true. So we jump 35 years to the future, to 1980, to another graduation dance. So there's two chicks putting a banner. They're having a graduation dance. yippee ki uh, Sheriff says a dude was killed, or a dude killed a kid, robbed a store, and stole a car. Yes. And like any good sheriff, He's like, but I'm going fishing. Have fun, fuckers. <laughs> so, Mark, who is the deputy, and Pam, who is our main female protagonist, are there like, whoa, should he really go fishing? And Sheriff still don't give a fuck he's going fishing. So, Pam's stressing, and now we start getting into the movie. We get these nice shots of, of boots getting laced up, girls getting dressed, chicks flashing old men in wheelchair, the prowlers getting ready, and so are the girls getting ready for this dance. And these dresses they are wearing are ugly as shit. Yeah, well, they're well, 80s, man. Come on. Yeah, now. And they're probably not going to be on long, very long anyway, so it really doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, if I'm not mistaken, there was actually a spot where – one of the girls said to the other one, where well, you're not going to be wearing it very long anyway. 
That is true. <laughs> that was that was completely said to one of them. Um, so all the girls leave except for one. Pam's like, "Yo, I'll wait on you," but Chick's like, "No, I'm just gonna I'm gonna finish my shower. <laughs> Go right ahead." Pam leaves and is super paranoid the entire time leaving, looking because she thought she heard stuff. So then we get into a POV shot of the killer walking, of what we actually think is the killer walking, mm-hmm. as we get to the first of many, and I do mean many, fake out red flag shots that are in this movie. And then on top of that, the 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 the, the cinematography for the uh, for the POV shots was terrible. I, I mean, but it's kind of hard for me to not, you know, for this type of film, for me not to to, to compare it to Friday the 13th. Yeah, I mean, and I can't blame you there. The POV shot, I think in this one we have the problem of too many POV shots too much of the time. And that ruins what, like in Friday the 13th, you have single ones that happen momentarily and it's exactly to the point doing exactly what it wants to do. And in this one, they're just all over the fucking place. Like it was J.J. Uh, uh, Abrams and uh, lens flares. <laughs> <laughs> Good old lens flares. Yeah. So yeah. well, I I can't I can't slide it too much because as you were telling me earlier, or you were pointing out earlier, that it's a very early slasher and. While it hits most of the key marks that slashers hit, it was still finding its footing. Yeah. Because there had been, will, what, maybe three or four before it? Yeah, I will get to that uh, later on because I do have a thing I will be bringing up to touch on that subject. Um, but we find out that this POV shot is a false scare, and it's her boyfriend, and he wants to get in the shower too. She says, well, how fast can you get undressed? And he's like, time me, coach. And I have a problem with this guy. First thing this dude does is lie straight to our face. He's like, I'm going to get dressed so fast. And he closes doors. He sits down and gets comfortable. If that was me, I would have been ripping clothes off. Like, you don't put a challenge out to me. I'm getting shit done. Yeah, my clothes would have been coming off like right in front of her. There would have been no leaving the bathroom. (laughs) So... For lying to us all, he gets what he deserves as the Prowler shows up, grabs him over the mouth, and shoves a bayonet through the top of his head and out of his, uh, the bottom of his chin, and his eyes go white and bulge out, and this is probably my favorite kill of the movie, and it might be the whole white eyes thing, because that just looked awesome. It was pretty awesome. Yeah, the the really thing the actor the whole sequence able, was really good actually yeah the actor being able to roll his eyes in the back of his head like that I don't know whether it was contact lenses or what but for 1981 I doubt it you know what I'm saying but uh, yeah <laughs> that I I got to give it to him that was awesome yeah that that was a really brutal scene but how I mean it wasn't that much longer that we got like the Evil Dead movies and the Evil Dead movies used white contacts. So I'd have to assume that they probably did already have them in 1981, but I don't really know. So if it, if you know in like comment section, message us, let us know if you have a definite answer for that. Yeah, because I mean the only time you really see them, you know, other than when Evil Dead came out, which is the first one came out right around then. Um, but you know, in like The Exorcist or something like that, 
But those were all big time, big budget movies. So I don't know. So we then go to back to the shower, and we get the Prowler with his his favorite weapon, his his girlfriend, the pitchfork, and he stabs the chick right under the boobs into the rib cage and into the tile shower. And, and Kenneth, I know you have a problem with this. I know Jay is just like pitchfork and titties. Yeah, pitchfork and titties. <laughs> well, see, that was the best part about it was the titties. The rest of it, man. I mean, if you look at realism, it was terrible. You know, I don't know. I've never stabbed somebody in the chest with a pitchfork, though. I wouldn't know what realism to look for. Okay, okay. I'll tell you the exact same thing that I told Jerry earlier. All right. First thing is, I I grew up in the country. I'm a country boy, so I've I've you know pitchforks, things like that. Not he knows how to hide a box. Yeah. Okay. All right. So number one, the pitchfork going straight through her. The best thing about that was seeing her tits because the pitchfork would have would have not went that far into her body because the tile wall right behind it, that pitchfork would not have went through that tile wall. It would have bit the tines. That's I number one. Oh, that's fair. Okay, and I, I, I look into these type of things. That's number one. Number two. He didn't pull it back out. He's just sitting there holding it and holding it in her. And I think, to me personally, that was that that was piss poor on the special effects. And and the, and Tom Savini did the special effects for the movie, so it kind of, you know, I was just I was expecting more. And, and well, the that, effects look good. It may not have been super realistic, but the effects still look good. I mean, it's just you know, I've I've got bigger for Tom Savini and I'll go further into it when we get to some of the other kills for the exact same reason. So my, my other question is if you shove a pitchfork into me, my rib cage is, is right there. I have to wonder with a curve of a pitchfork, how well that goes in like that doesn't get like stopped a little bit by a fucking curved pitchfork. Well, it all depends. Most of the time, you know, and this is going to go into anatomy. Most of the time, people think that the rib cage goes down further than it does, and it doesn't. You know, the rib cage is only right up underneath. It only goes down just maybe a little bit up underneath. You know, in her case, underneath her tits, it only goes down just a little bit. So, well, I mean, full disclosure, I'm touching myself right now, and uh, <laughs> I'm touching my ribs, and I'm just like, I don't know. I feel like that's like it would have hit like the lean, the, the, lean back and pull up. Lean back and pull up as yeah, like, like you're reaching off last night. <laughs> yeah, Snap. Like you're, oh, we've got to go. Jerry's broken a rib. <laughs> like you're reaching up underneath them. Uh, yeah, I don't want to do that. That, that, that doesn't <laughs> It doesn't sound. hurt too bad. No. Yeah, too bad. Not too bad. <laughs> so anyway, now that we're done with this murder scene, we go back to the graduation dance. Pam's there. Mark, the deputy's there. They're chit-chatting. Uh... Uh, this other chick, um, her name is Lisa. I guess he bumps into the sheriff, who then spills drink onto Pam, and Pam gets pissed off. I'm assuming she probably thinks that the Lisa chick probably did it on purpose, and she's like, "I'm going to go home and change." So, can we rename Lisa Drunken Bimbo? I mean, we can. <laughs> that seems like a longer name than Lisa. But it's more proper, in my opinion. I, I would rather name her boyfriend Drunken Bimbo, well, to be honest. Okay, that works, too. Uh, so, Pam goes back home to the dorm, 
and the shower's still running. She's just like, oh, even though you've been in there for, God, 45 minutes, I'm just going to shut the door. I don't want to bother you. Well, yeah. I mean. Come on, you know what a long shower means. Uh, not on the night of prom. I mean, maybe like after a strip club, I know what a long shower <laughs> means, but not, not like at the dance. Um, so anyway, she shuts the door, does not notice any of the blood in that room, doesn't notice any blood on the bed. She goes to leave, and as she's going down the stairs, she hears some shit. And so she kind of looks back up. We get a scene of the of a door opening, and we get a scene of the dead chick with a rose on her. So Pam is starting to leave, and she hears a noise. And she sits there and is just staring up there like something's going to happen. And something does happen. We see the prowler, and there is a chase. And i got to give props to her. Not only can she run in those heels, I mean, they're not very big heels, but she can still run in them. She actually doesn't, she runs smartly. She doesn't, like, run upstairs or into random rooms. She's like, I'm getting the fuck out of here and gets the fuck out of here. Oh, and i got to give her credit. Same thing. I completely agree with you. Going down the steps... You know, she didn't try to go at it front way. She went sideways. She knew that she was not falling down them stairs. Well, you know, on the night of the big dance, she knew she was going down. <laughs> <laughs> Took me a second. <laughs> Hopefully, later on, it takes him more than a second. So, she runs outside, and she gets grabbed by old man. This is the major um, who we've heard mention before. Um, it's really nothing. He grabs her, and that's it. We we never see the fucking major again. Well, it's never. Let's give a little bit more background on the major. The major lived across the street, and that was actually who the chick flashed earlier. You know. Yes. Yeah. The ma- and there was a scene earlier I didn't go into because I didn't think it was important, but I guess I'll mention it now. Uh, the sheriff and Mark go to. Uh, the convenience store, which is owned by, oh shit, what's his name? I've got his name here somewhere. Look at your notes. I'm looking at my notes, <laughs> fucking cunt. Um, shit, what's his fucking name? He's the one that shows up later and is like, I was in the cemetery and people did shit in the cemetery. Uh, I don't know his fucking I'm name. I'm so uh, terrible with names. I am, in these horror movies, I usually only remember like a few names because everyone else, like they show up Two, three times tops. Have ten minutes of screen time. I'm not going to remember your name. But... We'll just say dude that him. owned the convenience store. Yeah, dude owned a convenience store. He has a m- mentally handicapped co-worker named Otto who is kind of creepy. And Otto is going to make a food delivery to the major. So that that's one of the times where we hear about the major. Um, and we'll get into the major more later as the major becomes more of a major part in this <laughs> movie. Um, so Mark shows up just in time, like the Prince Charming he is, and is like, I'll go look. He finds the purse, doesn't see anything else. Um, they go inside, they look around, Bedroom door is locked, so he doesn't go in there. And he's like, well, I guess we'll head to the Major's house. That was me flipping pages from my notes, because <laughs> I take notes. Uh, I don't. So, I just wing so, it. Yeah. Yeah, me too. So, 
So they knock on the door. No one fucking answers. So they're like, who needs probable cause? I'm going through the window. Again, the wonderful thing about the 80s. Yeah. You can just walk right into somebody. You can just break into somebody's house, and there's not going to be a whole lot of flack. Well, no, because it's a, it's a white cop breaking into a rich, white, we would have to assume conservative man's house. And since he's wheelchair-bound, I guess the cop feels like he's going to get shot a little less. But it was still a military guy, so still a chance of getting shot. But Mark the whole time is like, hey, Major, I'm in your house. So the Prowler is inside also. They make that abundantly clear to us. So they're in this room. Uh, he leaves Pam in the room as he goes upstairs. Pam finds a box with pictures in it of a girl and a book with a rose in it, which lets us know that Rosemary, the girl who was killed in the beginning of the movie, who broke up with her military boyfriend, is the daughter of the Major. Yeah, she's a cunt. Yeah. yeah. She deserved <laughs> uh, what she got. <laughs> so, I gotta talk about it. It's a really small scene in here, but it really fucking annoys me. So all these false POV shots, all these false flag shots, when he's going up the stairs, after he's out of the shot and you can only see his shadow, they focus on that white door like something's going to happen. The Prowler's going to peek out of it or come out of it or something. And they linger on this for just a long period of time like they were trying to just pad out the running time. And it really annoyed me. Fooled you. It did, because at this point, I'm still trusting them for their POV shots, but this is the point where I'm like, you know, you're you're about as trustworthy as an M. Night Shyamalan movie, and I'm not doing it. Hey, don't rag on Shyamalan. Kenneth, I worry about you. I really do. We'll get into that in another podcast, okay? Yeah, we'll have yeah. a whole podcast dedicated to that guy. Uh, so, uh, Mark shows back up, and he's like, I ain't find shit, and Pam's like, Look, I wrote this story that was in my newspaper earlier that I gave you that I didn't make a big deal about, but now I'm mad because you didn't read it, even though I didn't make a big deal out of it. And I put two and two together equals four, and the dude who's the prowler is killed Rosemary, and now he's back because we're having another graduation, and he's pissed. Yeah, he hates when people graduate. Fucking <laughs> successful. So He's like, they're like get a higher get education, will you? Yeah, how dare you? He's not against people having sex. He's against higher education. And that is how Trump was born. So we go back So we go back to the dance. They go up to Miss School Lady and they're like, "Yo, here's an announcement. You need to tell them." School Lady goes up there, stops the the glam metal band and is like, "Guys, there is a Prowler out there, and that's why we named the movie The Prowler. Yeah, roll credits. <laughs> yeah, super name drop, yeah. Um, then we go to dudes throwing up in the bathroom. This is uh, Captain Drunky Drunk Drunk. He uh, is the boyfriend of Lisa, who we mentioned earlier was Drunk Bimbo. Well, her boyfriend is way more drunk, and he is throwing up. She shows up. She walks right into that Target bathroom. And tells him that, yo, I'm going for a swim. When you're done throwing up, come find me. Yeah, she had absolutely no care for this guy at all. And I thought he was going to die. 
he was hurling so much into that toilet, man. I thought he was literally going to die. Yeah, I agree. Like, he was, he was fucked. I mean, he, he could not handle his shit. I mean, that was like, you know, when I drank all that Jägermeister and Goldschlager that one time. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, she goes to the pool. She gets into her whitey tighties and jumps in. And we have another... Uh, when I first watched this movie years and years ago... This scene really stuck out to me, but as I rewatched it, it will, for some reason it wasn't as impactful to me. Uh, but she comes up from swimming, goes to the ladder, and just bam, kick to the face. Yeah. When when I was younger and I watched this, that scene stuck out to me. Like whenever I talk about this movie, that's the scene that I talk about—the kick to the face. Because for some reason, to me, that was just brutal. Yeah, it's realistically brutal. Like, like, being stabbed with your farm equipment is one thing, but just getting a straight boot to the face? I think it's more of, like, if you've ever come out of the water of a pool and, like, someone threw a ball and hit you right when you come out of the water, it's kind of a shocking moment for you. And that's how I felt, like, when I saw this. Like, if I came out of the ladder getting out of this cool, refreshing water, it's dripping down my face and neck and... I'm so succulent, and then, bam, kick to the face. Like, by a combat boot. Like, that's fucked up. That's that's uncalled for and rude. <laughs> so, Kenneth, you have a problem with this scene, so I'm going to let you talk about this. Okay. When I boot people in the face, that's not how their <laughs> nose breaks. <laughs> no, on this one, this is this is different. Because, okay, she you know, she takes the boot to the face. Brutal, I completely agree with that. But then when she when, when the scene goes to under the water, it looks like she's about to have a seizure or something. Because and I had to rewind it uh, for this. Uh, she she goes under the water and then it looks like somebody's grabbing her by the ankle or something and holding her under the water. But then if you look if you look at it, there's nothing there, and it looks like that she's like spasming under the water. You know, like, like almost like she doesn't know where she is for an instant. Maybe and these I, people didn't know how people died. And they're and, like, what happens when you die? Like, I don't know. She spasms, I guess. Well, I mean, the only... <laughs> that sounds reasonable. Yeah, I mean, but the only thing that I can think about this is the only... Maybe she was in a daze from taking such a hit to the face. Uh, or maybe there was a scene where the Prowler was actually underwater grabbing her leg and they cut it out. Because as soon as she comes back up... Like, the Prowler shows up out of nowhere, literally, like, if you've ever watched any of those YouTube videos where they're like, this proves time travel happened because this person appears out of nowhere. Exact same thing happened. Prowler shows up and slits homegirl's throat out of nowhere. And, and again, that's the next part that I really didn't like, special effects-wise, is because when, when he takes the bayonet and he sticks it on her throat, you think, that he's going to just slash her throat and that's going to be it. But no, he holds it on there. And the reason why I didn't like this is because it was almost like they didn't put enough thought into it to slash her throat that they just left the the bayonet with the cutout, you know, on her neck and he just moved it back and forth. But he never really took it away. And and, and that bothered me because, you know, it, it it's almost like it didn't give the full impact. You know, there's like this build up, build up, build up. And then the knife just stays there. And, and I, I just didn't like it. I didn't care for it at all. I, I didn't really have any feelings towards that scene. 
I was like, because the boot to the face scene was enough, and then I got thrown off by the whole jumping out of nowhere from the pool scene. So I didn't really have an issue with the the throat and the knife. I thought it was a little bit slower and intimate, um, kind of sexy. I uh, I take these things for what they are. Uh, I don't need to look for realism in my slasher movies. I watch them to see how inventive, whether or not they're realistic, the kills are. Uh, the surrounding story usually means diddly squat to me. So when people die, it's good for me. So just depending on how inventive the things are. Well, see, I, I, and I agree with you there, but that was, you know, and again, I have a hard time not comparing movies like this to others. But that was one of the things that always got me about the Friday the 13th films is how realistic it looked to a degree. You know, But we're talking about a child zombie who raised himself in the woods that can't die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, Kenneth, quit trying to bring the laws of <laughs> physics and reality into this. I can't help it. I, I like realism in my movies. So we go back to the dance and Lisa's friend goes up to school lady and is like, I'm a snitch. Here's all the info. And she's like, oops, I think I got her in trouble. So school lady goes out looking for Lisa. And as soon as she stumbles on the brownish liquid in the pool and we can see the bloodstained clothes. I guess she sees it as she comes closer to it. She doesn't seem to notice the big, just oozing pile of blood floating in the pool. She is about to scream, and Prowler gets her, kills her. This kill, um, while not great, there's one thing I really liked about it. I liked how the blood trickled down her legs and ankles. I, I Something about that was kind of offsetting to me. Very subtle and just kind of really nice. I actually kind of like that one myself. Uh, you know, it was one of those, you know, like bayonet through the neck. I was just like, you know, and straight through to the back. I thought that was really cool, actually. But I can't remember. Did he actually pick her up off the ground? Uh, if I remember correctly, when it shows the blood like tricking down her ankle, her feet are slightly off the ground. Okay, I couldn't remember whether it was like a toe dragging across or whatever else, but either way, I liked it. I thought it was cool. And then on top of that, even in the camera angle, you could not see that guy at all in those in those bushes when he reached out. At least I couldn't see him. You know, it's just like that. Maybe if I get like a really high definition Blu-ray copy of this, and I can turn the like contrast, I can I can see him in the. Fucking I couldn't thing. see him at all. I was just like. But that shows his soldier skills right there. Here's the thing, though. How often are you going to be able to actually see uh, Michael Caine in the in the woods? Because I'm convinced at this point that this is Michael Caine because he comes out of that water with no water on him. He doesn't drip at all. He is fucking Michael Caine. <laughs> if you don't get that reference, uh, listeners – then you need to go watch Jaws for the Revenge and pay attention towards the end of the movie. I was I was just about to say I don't uh, I'm gonna pull a Captain America here. I don't understand that reference. Uh, I had it right off the rip. I was like, oh my god. If I think like if I don't make a Jaws reference like every podcast, there's something wrong with That's me. That's gonna have to be your new thing now. Yeah, I'm gonna have to specifically like make sure I get one now instead of the like this one was just there. But so. I can't say anything. We, I'll do an exorcist one for everyone. Yeah. 
we go back to the party and they uh it's before the lady went out there they arrested drunky mcdrunk drunk and so the sheriff not the sheriff fucking mark and pam have drunky and they left and the party is now under the control of an a, an old man and we see this couple the one that snitched the nerdy dude's like, we need to go down to the basement because that's where the magic happens. And she's like, no. And he's like, this is the 1980s. Yes. <laughs> Drags her down there. They go down there. They uh, start making out on a old mattress because every uh, school basement has an old mattress down there. Well, duh. That is standard a standard legal issue. binding contract. Do you say standard issue? Yeah, standard issue. <laughs> All right, here's your here's your textbooks, here's your desks, here's your dirty old mattress. Make sure that goes in the the boiler room. You're good to go. That 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 was a good joke for a uh, military killer movie. Um, so we get a someone's watching them. Uh, we have this whole Lionel Richie moment, <laughs> and it turns out it's not the killer. This is another fake out. It's actually the old man who's watching everybody. He is about to get a free show, and he's already licking his lips. Who was that guy? He was just a guy who was there helping. I, I guess he works with the school. I'd have to assume. I mean, because you know, earlier in the movie, he, he didn't he go like ape shit on the on the drunk guy for acting a fool. Yeah, he was like, "We will not have this here." Yeah, and I, I was the whole time. I'm like, "Who the fuck are you?" Keep in <laughs> mind, he also like early in the movie said something about like. All these pretty girls in dresses make him feel alive again. <laughs> right. So <laughs> that this is a whole nother fake out. We don't see that couple ever again. I have to assume they bang, and I really hope the old man came at the same time they did, and it was really beautiful, just a really precious moment. You know, the more I think about it, the more I wonder if things, if if, if more stuff got cut out of this movie. I I would like to know also. Um, it does kind of give that feeling. It's either a lot of stuff got cut out or they just did a lot of fucking padding for this movie. I guess. So I felt like it would have been padded more than things would have been cut out. Cause it probably yeah, could have got edited down to, to what is it? An hour and a half, probably 80 or 70 minutes. Probably. Um, so we go back to the police station and the guy who owns, that convenience store that I couldn't remember his name earlier. His name is Kingsley. And he shows up at the police place and he's like, yo, kids are playing in the cemetery, Mark. Go do something about it. And Mark's like, did you see anyone? <laughs> no, but I know what they're doing. So Mark's like, well, then how do you know if you didn't see them? And Kingsley's like, I'll call the goddamn sheriff, okay? I will call your daddy. And he will put you in timeout. Mark's like, fine, I'll check it out. Him and Pan go to the cemetery he leaves Pam, like always, sitting in the car, and he goes to look around, and he finds a open grave. He jumps in and starts to look at it. We have a jump back to Pam in the car, who gets scared by Otto randomly appearing in the window of the car. And I have to go, okay, first of all, what was Kingsley doing at the cemetery earlier that he saw all this stuff, that the gate was wide open, and why is Otto here now? Does Otto just hang out at the cemetery? Is he, like, waiting for, like, the cast of Return of the Living Dead to show up so he can watch the punk chick get naked? 
That's one of my favorite scenes of that movie. I bet it is. I was just about to say, if if shit, I'd wait around in the damn cemetery for that, too. Yeah, so it's never said, Pam screams, um, Mark shows back up, it's like, I saw someone, and Mark's like, I saw a fucking open casket. <laughs> so they go back to the open casket, they open it up, and bam, Lisa's body is in there, rose on her face, straight uh, straight up a nice little Friday the 13th move right there. I will say that that was a pretty Friday the 13th move, to have the body in a random open place for people to discover. I was expecting more of that when I watched this, but surpri- but I was surprised that that was, only, that was the only really body set up. I was actually expecting more of it. I kind of wonder that too because you felt like there should be more, but he doesn't do it. So he's like, he's like, I'm about my business. I have to get stuff done, but at the same time, I need something from this. But you know, you shouldn't take something without giving something. So here's another body. Um. So from there, uh, there's a body. They call the sheriff. We have our like biggest comedy relief scene. In this whole movie, as the the guy at the hotel where the sheriff is staying is this fat dude who just doesn't give a shit about anything. And he just completely, completely fucks with Mark. I thought that guy was hilarious. Like I said, the, 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 the big comedic relief scene in the whole movie is this scene. Yeah, it's pretty funny. It's a nice little break. So, yeah. So... Well, I guess we're going to call the pol- the state patrol. The state patrol is going to be here in an hour, but what do you know? They caught that dude that killed someone and stole a car and robbed a store earlier. They already caught him like three hours ago. Dun, dun, dun. Dramatic reverb. Yeah, pretty much on the par. So they're like, okay, well, let's go back to the dorm because that's the only place we can go back to. But Pam's like, we don't need to go back to the dorm. We need to go to the major's house. This is all tied into the major. Whoever killed his daughter is back and doing it again. We have to go there. So they go back to the Major's home, break in again, hopefully through the same window. Um, lights go out, and Mark is walking around with his gun. He's going to go find the the breakers and flip them, and Prowler grabs Mark. And, uh, bye, Mark. We don't, no one gives a shit about you anymore. Bye. So Pam is back in that room where she found the pictures and she sees a new rose on the mantle and then sees a necklace hanging from the chimney and she pulls it down. And yes, everybody, what does she find? The body of Rosemary up in the chimney. Yep. Santa is not coming to this house. It's a crossover with the Silent Night, Deadly Night. <laughs> I would like to see the Prowler versus uh, Garbage Day. I would like to see that happen. So, guess what? Shot to the door. Door opens. Prowler is there. Shot back to the rose. Back to the chase scene. Back to the machete. He really fucking likes his pitchfork a lot. So, he's breaking shit in this room, and she's hiding under a bed, and he just breaks shit for a good five minutes. Like, it is literally just him lifting sheets and breaking stuff for, like, a solid five minutes, 
the only like cameo we get in the scene is a rat shows up for like five seconds for no reason, does nothing. She doesn't scare like you would think she would. Like there's no like it sets up a jump scare and then that jump scare is gone. <laughs> Did that same kind of thing happen in another movie where where somebody was hiding under something, rat comes up, but the person that's underneath it like pees on themselves? Uh I I haven't seen that movie, but I've made that movie. No, okay. <laughs> I guess that works. What? <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna stop. There's a home movie somewhere, Jerry just pissing himself. Because of a rat. Rats are friendly. Um, so, they, uh, she, she, she dips out. She's like, fuck this shit. She gets out of the bed, runs, uh, she shuts the door and is trying to lock it with a, with a fucking chain lock, which he can't break through. Okay, he can't break through this fucking chain lock. Like, you've seen this dude, like, pitchfork people through the chest, lift people up. He can, but he can't break through this fucking chain lock like in this old ass house that Woods got a would I think would have came loose, but instead he breaks his pitchfork because this goes under D and D rules and he had not repaired it. He probably <laughs> rolled a one. Crit fail. So he breaks the pitchfork. He gets in and then out of nowhere, for some odd reason, Otto shows up and shoots him. And then there's like, right after Otto X Machina. Yeah, right after <laughs> oh that, there's God. like this uncomfortable back and forth between Otto and, and, and the girl. There's like you know you see her smiling at him, and then he's smiling at her, and then she's smiling at him, and then you know it's almost like the nodding thing that was in the uh, the Star Wars Family Guy. Yeah, like nothing, nothing happens. They just kind of look at each other, and I'm sitting there like, is she gonna give up and hug him and kiss him and be like, oh, I forgive you because I was starting to think maybe you had something to do with this, but nope. Instead, he doesn't get that kiss that he wants. He gets a love gun from the prowler, double barrel, sawed off shotgun to the fucking chest or head or all kinds of shit, and Otto is dead. Fuck Otto. Dun, dun, dun. So. Now that the Prowler has killed Pam's new boyfriend, Pam stabs him with a pitchfork, and they struggle over the gun. And now we come to the big reveal. Kenneth, okay, so Kenneth and I kind of talked about this because um, he called me not long after I got off the phone with UJ when I was like almost done with the movie, and he's like, "So do you know who the killer is yet?" And I'm like, "Okay, there's three possibilities. It's either old man in the wheelchair can actually walk." Um, it's convenience store owner, or it's Otto, the the slightly mentally challenged guy. Because, once again, they did a really good job with red flags and fake fake-outs. Now, now, Kenneth told me, he was like, well, it's obviously the guy that wrote the letter. And I was like, well, yes, Kenneth, I got that part. I'm not as stupid as I look most days. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just didn't know which one it would be, and I kind of assumed it would have to be an older gentleman because – the original killing happened in in 1945, and the guy was fresh from the war. He was dating a high school slash college girl, so he was 18 to 20. So 35 years later, he's he's kind of an old fuck now. Uh, he he's 50 to 60 somewhere in there. Um. So at this point, I, I start thinking. You know, this old fuck has done a lot of stuff. I'm ready to see who it is. So, for some reason, he takes off his mask. I think it got pulled to the side or something, and he could no longer see through it. 
Does anyone know? It sounded like uh, I don't remember. It sounded like he was having video, trouble but... breathing. Yeah, like, and that could have been it. But this reveal was so fucking wasted that no one really cares. It's the sheriff. The sheriff didn't go fishing. He he went to murder people. Well, um. So yes, the sheriff is the one from the letter that got broken up with, who killed the original person, and after that murder, decided to become a cop because why not? Uh, this whole reveal was really fucking weak to me. They showed no nothing that indicated it could have been the sheriff, but because the one thing they could have shown that it was sheriff is that the fat dude would have actually went and looked and actually seen that the sheriff wasn't there. But he didn't do that because he was fucking playing solitaire. Well, yeah. <laughs> I know, how dare I expect him to interrupt his game of solitaire? And see, you can't pause solitaire. And see, that, that was the for me because remember when we had that conversation, I knew right off the rip who it was because of two things in that movie. Number one, when he was getting ready to leave, the attitude that the sheriff had—he was just a straight dick. And, and and that was number one. That was number one giveaway. And then the second thing for me is was that comedy scene. Because from the point that the sheriff leaves, you never see him again. And then there's that 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 cue scene right there where we should have seen the sheriff, but we didn't because, you know, the fat guy was playing solitaire and didn't want to get the fuck up. So that right. But, but those two combined together, I was like, it's the sheriff. I took both of those scenes as like. Like, the first one, the sheriff was just, you know, joshing his his guy, messing with him, giving him a hard time. And then the second scene, I just took it as conveniently written prop, uh, a conveniently written plot point to keep Mark from getting, you know, better help. Um, but I can definitely see where you're coming from there. So, sheriff is revealed, they fight over the gun... And, uh, Sheriff gets shot. Now, here's my issue with this. His head gets blown up. He couldn't wrestle this double-barrel shotgun from her, or... I think he might have been trying to kill himself at this point. Uh, this is one This is one where I'll actually give it to him. You know what I'm saying? He did take a, a, a gunshot to the chest not too long before that. Kenneth, what did I tell you about bringing realism into this fucking movie? <laughs> I'm just saying. Jeez. You know, the one time... All right, you I'll have a point. You know? I'll give it to you. <laughs> well, you don't know what he'd been through. The Punisher trained himself to withstand all kinds of pain. He doesn't even take over the counter painkillers. So, <laughs> yeah. he was in war, so maybe... The Punisher can take it straight up the ass with no lube. That's how much of a badass the Punisher is. Dude, I wish... something to bite on. I to. wish... Netflix, I'm getting way off topic here, but I brought up The Punisher, so now I'm distracted. I wish we would get – I hope the the Netflix series of him on his own is based off of Max because there's a scene in that book where he takes a dude to get information. He guts him, hangs his entrails on a tree branch, and says, tell me what I want to know or I'm not putting you back together. And then the guy tells him what he wants to know, and he fucking walks off anyway. He's like, thanks. Bye. Sweet. And I want to see that, that on screen. It was that badass. Brutal. That would be awesome. Oh, that is, that is pretty brutal. Um, so, uh, he, uh, yeah, he's dead. It goes in the morning. Mark talks to another cop, 
because he's finally back. Uh, finally. <laughs> um, she goes back upstairs and she notices, oh, well, now that one door is unlocked. Well, she didn't notice that. I noticed that. And she goes into the shower and bam, dead bodies. And she has this like uh, Friday the 13th jump scare all in her mind ending real quick, which I thought looked really cool. But I was just kind of like, okay, let's calm it down. Um, that that's the end of the movie. That's that's it. We don't. If you did not pay attention and was not able to put things together with this movie, then you probably hated it because you had no idea what was going on. So, before I get into our feelings about this, I just want to drop a couple of tidbits about the movie. I watched the trailer for it, which like makes it look like a completely different movie. But there's a line in the trailer. That says, if he gets you, you'll wish you were dead. He kills every fucking person he gets a hold of. So, the fuck does this line mean? Like... I don't know, maybe because he's so brutal? Yeah. It has to take a little Um, while to die from a pitchfork to the chest. (laughs) uh, That's true. I also want to bring up the, the stupid tagline. It will freeze your blood. Nothing about this movie deals with ice or snow or anything like that, so that just made me go the fuck. Maybe make your heart it's stop. Supposed to, it's supposed to be because it's so terrifying. It'll make your heart stop. I don't. Know. I mean, I don't. Know. I just didn't. I just didn't think this. Um, blood running cold used to be uh, synonymous with being afraid. It's like it made uh, my blood run cold. Okay, I'll give you that. Um, so. The where what was the fuck thing I wanted to bring up? Um, okay, so we brought up earlier that okay, there's a lot of comparisons to Friday the Thirteenth. So let's go to 1981. Okay, the first slasher movie that comes out that year is My Bloody Valentine in February. The second one is Friday the Thirteenth Part Two in April. The third is The Burning, which was in May. And this one was the last one, which came out in November. So, all four of these movies are very much uh, close to each other. They're all very similar. Um, Now, I just want to point out, though, that if they all came out that close to each other, that means they were all in production at almost the exact same time, which means there wouldn't have been enough time, at least as far as I'm concerned, to copy them all. Well, here's the thing. Tom Savini did special effects on three out of the four of these movies. The only one he did not do was My Bloody Valentine. Um, well, in my opinion, I mean, for all four of those movies coming out that year, I would probably, in my opinion, I would I would have to say that The Prowler was the weakest. Um, I give I'll give uh. The Burning as the best one, just because I think The Burning is super underrated. If you haven't seen The Burning, you should watch it. Um, I have not seen it. I'll add that to my list. Super, super good movie. Um, With Friday the 13th Part 2 being number two for me, um, My Bloody Valentine and The Prowler are kind of on the same page for me, to be honest with you. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, I think, in my opinion, I think My Bloody Valentine was just a little bit better than The Prowler. But... You know, I've, I've I've got a little bit higher expectations for the original because I hated the remake of My Bloody Valentine so much. Uh, yeah, the remake was pretty, 
pretty pointless. There, there was not much in there. I, and also, like, it just... A lot of these remakes, like, change something up, do something vicious, go go full out, don't just be so lame and just standard cookie-cutter fucking horror movie remake. It really bothers me. So, okay. That's why I like Black Christmas's remake better than the original, and people give me shit for that, too. I'm like, you're probably just uh, whining about nostalgia. But I found the original one to be almost a little boring, and this new one was way more brutal. I actually agree with you. I like both of them. And I think the first one had a better creepy factor to it. Um, but Kenneth and I brought up last uh, podcast that we both like Rob Zombie's Halloween more than the original Halloween. Well, hopefully we don't get death threats for that one. Oh, we brought that up too. That we, <laughs> we told them they can give us death threats. So, okay. So at the end of this movie, uh, Kenneth... I'm going to let you go first because my opinion is based off yours and I have a response to yours. Um, I'd have to say that overall, I mean, with this, um, um, I don't know, man. I mean, when it comes to uh, uh, this movie, you know, it was um, because we're still talking about the Prowler, right? We haven't went into the other one, right? Yeah, no, we're just still talking about the problem. Okay, I want to make sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall with this movie, I was kind of, uh, I, I was, I was let down. But the 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 most difficult thing for me when I'm watching this is because I didn't watch The Prowler a long, you know, a, a long time ago or when I was younger. I just watched it now. So it, it was very difficult for me not to compare it to other slasher movies. You know, it, and, and I tried not to when I was going through it. I really did. I tried not to compare it to other ones. But for me, I, I thought it was just a ripoff of of others. And, you know, for for such solid slasher movies to come out before that, like, you know, uh, the first Friday the 13th and then going into this, you know, I just I, overall, I just kind of thought it was weak. All right. Um, Jay, you know what I'm going to say. Um, do you have an input on the movie you want to bring up before I bring up my point? Well, it was just, I'm kind of in the same boat as him. I, when I was watching, I didn't really keep the fact that it came out in 81 in mind. So I was like, well, it's a, it's a standard slasher and there's nothing really that stands out in it compared to other slashers. Uh, and then when we talked on the phone, you're like, well, yeah, but it was like one of the fifth slasher movies ever made. Yeah. So, so that's the point I want to bring up is that, Though, yes, watching it now, it's hard not to compare it to those, but you, we, all, we do need to keep in mind historically that we were still setting what was the slasher uh, movement, what was the slasher-like prototype. This year, 1981, is the year to me that kind of set up and signaled what a slasher movie trope was going to be, where we had four Huge slasher movies come out, all very similar to each other, which is showing us that we that everyone is on point. We know what makes a slasher movie. This is the year the formula was created and perfected, and I think people need to keep that in mind when they watch The Prowler because, yes, you will compare it to slashers that came later on that maybe did something unique and new that this one did not do, but at the time... It was unique because it had like a, a 
an original killer. The killer is actually very unique in this movie. He he kills a chick who breaks up with him and then doesn't kill again until they bring back the graduation dance. And he's like, uh, no, I didn't get a graduation dance. No one's getting a graduation dance. I'm going to go drink my Starbucks now. <laughs> Starbucks wasn't around and back then. Shut the fuck <laughs> Damn it. Don't ruin my jokes. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, you know, and, and the same thing, again, with comparison, you know, looking at Joseph Zito's, you know, this one, this one, and then going on to do uh, Friday the 13th 4, you know what I'm saying? I, I would have to say that probably if I can't, if, if I can't say anything else really good is that I'm glad that he made this movie to get him to that point because I really enjoyed Friday the 13th part four. And so I, I, I'm glad that he made the prowler to kind of, you know, that was one of, I look at it more of a practice film for him to do that great one. Yeah. And this is the movie that got him the role of directing for Friday the 13th part four. It's very well known that this is a movie that did it for him. Um, I do want to point out also on IMDb that uh, it says on there in the trivia section that Tom Savini said that this is one of his greatest works. Um, I looked into that. That is not true. He In his one of his books he, he wrote, he specifically states that it's the burning that he feels is some of his greatest work and that a lot of the work in in The Prowler was not up to par, especially the sheriff getting his head blown off scene because if you pay attention only half the head explodes and it was not supposed to do that it was supposed to be the whole thing yeah it definitely wasn't scanners yeah so that's what i want i mean this this is, is i've never watched scanners watch. oh what dude you gotta watch scanners yeah, i know you need to watch scanners and, and video drone i've yes. seen video drone i watched that one uh but yeah i just I've never actually had a chance to watch Scanners. Gotcha. Maybe you should watch it. Um, I've actually got a copy of it, so we can rip it. You know, you can watch it. Yeah. Um. So that's the Prowler. I would implore everyone to watch it to see what an early slasher movie that helped create the formula looks like, and just keep in mind that it was helping to create that formula. It's one of the ones that established the formula. So. Be a little bit nicer to it because it deserves it. It is somewhat unique and does have some positives. It does have some negatives. And it's it's about a five out of five for me. It's it's really it's not terrible. It's not great. It's it's about a five five point five out of five. I'm gonna give it a point five for the uh, bayonet through the head scene. Uh, same for me. Five out of five, or five, five out of five, five out of ten. Yeah, I'd probably, I'd, I'd probably agree with Jay. Five out of ten. Well, then I stand on top with a point five above you, people. So, ha. Uh, anyway, guys, we're gonna do something a little new. We are going to have a conversation about the witch, which just came out on Blu-ray this month. Um. We, we all three watched it. We all three have opinions, and we're going to converse now about that. This is not a review of the movie, but there will be spoilers. So if you have not seen the movie, go watch it. Though I feel that even with spoilers, there's it, it doesn't ruin this movie. 
Um, and we'll get into that now. So if you have not seen the movie and you want to watch the movie, please pause it now. Go watch it. It's only like 16, 17 bucks on Blu-ray. Uh, currently, I don't know if it'll raise or go lower in the future. Hell, it's already it's in not, Redbox. Yeah, it's not expensive. Go watch it. So, let's, okay. The Witch came out in 2015. The what? It's spelled with two V's. It's the Vavitch. Uh. The Vavitch. <laughs> In Russia, the Vavitch vitches you. All right, I have to. I have to start off with: Am I the only person out of the three of us that liked this movie? Okay, I didn't hate it. It wasn't yeah. like, a, oh, this is a terrible movie. I just didn't really enjoy it. Okay, yeah. Let's let's go off the. Let me go. Let me start before we go into this right now. Because it's going to be someone that's more extreme than Kenneth, who, like, jerks off to this movie and is going to want my head. I respect this film from a movie standpoint, the cinematography, the directing, the acting, the the work that was put into this movie is phenomenal. It is great. But this movie is boring as shit to me. It was... Just boring and boring, and did I mention that it was slightly boring? <laughs> I think you've made that abundantly clear. Yeah, it was a little boring. Yeah. So, with that being said, we're going to – Kenneth, t- tell us why you enjoyed this movie so much. Well, I mean, I don't – in my opinion, I really just don't think enjoyed covers how, how much I enjoyed this. Um, I was enthralled in the movie from the beginning. You know, I – But then again, you know, anybody that knows, and for people out there, my background on this kind of thing, you know, I've always been interested in, you know, these types of stories and and the old school folklore and things like that. And and when I went back and watched it a second time, it actually brought back things that I had forgotten about this, you know, things that I learned about, you know, the Salem witch trials and things like that and, and going into it, even though this doesn't have anything to do about the witch trials. You know, it's still, you know, it brought back a whole lot of the lore to me from from stories about, you know, this time period. So that was really what pulled me into it. Not to mention, you know, I really like, uh, you know, devil movies, demon movies, uh, possession movies, things like that. And so, you know, that 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 was the reason why it kind of grabbed me right from the beginning. And gotcha. I was just in, enthralled in it. I loved it. So. I think Jay and I are on the same page with with how we feel about this movie. I want to state that go that going into this movie, I expected a horror movie. Stephen King said that this movie scared the shit out of him, and I should have known that someone who would spend two pages writing about a fucking lamp would lie to me, even though I do like Stephen King. <laughs> I've um, come to not trust anybody's review, even if it's someone like Stephen King, because I love Quentin Tarantino movies. And when Wolf Creek came out, he's like, it's my favorite horror movie. I was like, cool. Quentin Tarantino liked it. It must be good. And that was a whole lot of nothing, too. And so I was like, well, never listening to you again. We won't even get in on that because I have a completely different opinion about Wolf Creek, too. (laughs) Oh. All right, guys. We might have to do Wolf Creek soon. Um, So this movie is not – this movie is an art film that uses the – thin veil of horror to to make its movie. Uh, it is a period piece through and through. 
Um, and so on those aspects, it did a wonderful job. I couldn't understand half of what these motherfuckers were saying because they were talking so true to the 1600s that I, I was sitting there listening with full intent, and I was just like, I know y'all aren't mumbling, but it really feels like you're mumbling. The dad sounds like Satan. Uh, the boy, Caleb, sounds like he constantly had the dick in his mouth. I, I just can't now, understand. I agree about the accents. They were, like, super heavy. The terminology is easy enough to figure out if you have at least a little bit of common sense. But I've wow, had... did, you just, wow, did you say that about me? <laughs> Okay. I, I had to go back and rewind it and turn on subtitles to understand some of the stuff they were saying. Uh, I kind of disagree about the, the art film thing. I feel like there's so many subgenres of horror that to just discredit this as a horror movie isn't really fair because it has all the elements of horror. There's, there's something me... after this family. There's a terrifying unknown object to them that is causing them some kind of strife. And if okay. we can classify so many other movies within the broad spectrum of horror, that I wouldn't, I wouldn't discredit this as a horror movie. Let me clarify that I, I don't discredit as a horror movie, but this movie is is an art house movie that is exploiting horror. It is, it is not this like I told Kenneth that the the if you are like a super gore hound. Um, or like you're really only into horror movies for like the hardcore violence, you're not going to like this movie. And I want to differentiate me from that. I am not that. I respect the movie, but it is an art house film that uses a horror theme, and I, I just think it uses it very thinly. Yeah, I could, I could, I could understand that. I guess. So it's, I did want to, to an I extent, to... but I, I I agree with Jay. I mean, it's 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 got the main foundation of a horror movie, man. You you know y'all keep talking about this, and y'all are gonna have that dude who did Tree of Life make a horror movie, and then y'all are gonna regret ever talking like <laughs> well, that. Well, every anybody can make a horror movie. Doesn't mean it's gonna be good. I know. I I but I've this one was. <laughs> um. But yeah. Okay. So that's. With that being said, I want to talk about what I think would have made this movie better. I want them to take out all three and a half scenes of The Witch from this movie and turn it into a more psychological horror movie where we don't know whether it's all in Thomas's head, it's all weird coincidence. Happened to Thomason, I would like to remove the witch because I think having the witch in there and showing us from the get-go that is an outside force and not just like like their own like paranoia and and like religious zealot overtones doing it onto themselves. Yeah, I thought bringing the witch in kind of uh. Kind it of like cuts the like, tension it, because, yeah, it like when he's says, yelling at his kids and accusing them of being witches, and then and the mom's like, "You're a witch." Like you're like, "Well, clearly she's not," and it's the witch. But if that if the witch wasn't shown at least as soon as it was anyway, then there would have been way more tension in those scenes, and you're like, "What the fuck is going on? Where did their kid go? We don't know where the kid went." And yeah, 
it would have been so much more interesting to me and entertaining to me. And then a lot of scenes that would like, because this whole movie, I felt like something was going to happen and nothing ever fucking happened. That uh, because I knew there was a witch. If the baby had gotten jacked, if uh, Caleb the boy had uh, shown up like he did with no explanation to what the fuck happened to him, and we have no idea if she did this to him or if like the Thomason did this to him or not, like that would have been that would have like dragged me in a lot more because I would have been sitting the whole time going. Is she crazy? Is she a witch? Does she not know she's a witch? Does she just have split personality disorder? Is she like Jekyll and hiding this? I have no idea. And that would have just that would have made this movie so good to me. Well, see, all right, I'm going to go ahead and go into this. The the thing that I think that this movie is lacking more than anything else, and it came to it, it came to my mind today when I was watching it again. The 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 details that aren't explained. That only only people that that you know are interested in that sort of thing like myself would 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 recognize aren't explained to people that that aren't into it and I and I think that that was that was a problem that the movie had you give, know because, give give me an example of that because yeah I, 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 I want I want to I'm headed okay. to that okay like okay. like first you know one of the uh, and this this is actually said in another movie one of the first things that came to mind is when she takes the baby. Okay, we see her making the baby goo after she kills the baby. All right, we see her making the baby goo. Well, one of the one of the oldest things that's in folklore for witches is that the way a witch could fly is she would take the fat of a male un uh, a male unbaptized child and make a flying potion out of it. And then you now, see, see, I knew that lore from the movie Warlock. Uh, that's what I was going to say. It was mentioned. <laughs> it was it was mentioned in another movie, but. That is actually part of real witch lore. And then you see it when she's sitting there and she's spreading it all over her broom, and then she flies to the moon. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Uh, I got to stop you there. Um, I think any, you don't have – I didn't know that witch lore, but I clearly knew that she was using the baby to give herself powers. Yeah, and see – I don't think that's something – I don't think that's a good example. I need well, so, I've I got need more. I've got more. Okay. Ooh, give me more. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you more, baby. More, um, more. Okay, the second one. You know how many times you see the rabbit? Yeah. Yeah. That which is familiar right there. You're not gonna yeah, see a cat I, in the middle of the woods. If, if if I'm sorry, if you watch this movie and you didn't get that the witch is the bunny, then yes, this I'll agree with the one critic who said that the mo most people who don't like this movie are not smart enough to understand it. If you didn't piece that together, um, then I have some uh, VeggieTale movies for you to watch. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> you know... Those things little, are horrifying. It's it's little things like that that are through it, you know what I mean? Um, there, the Another one, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I didn't... The first time I watched the movie, I watched it on my iPad, so I really didn't, you know, I really didn't get full clarity. But uh, so the second time I did, but yeah, her flying down on top of the uh, on top of the on top of the uh, the little barn that they were in. The only thing that got me about that is how did she end up in the barn when when the dad nailed all the wood up there? Magic witch powers. Yeah, she just appeared inside. I guess. <laughs> I, I actually have a full explanation for this. Okay. They don't show it, but you can safely assume 
she just turned into her bunny rabbit and fucking came in. I'm sure that there's a hole small enough for a bunny rabbit to fit into that raggedy oh, ass Oh, yeah, hole. definitely, because the, the daughter's head could almost fit through the holes that he left. He did it pretty hastily. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but, you know. So, now, okay. And then another one, the the, the signs of being bewitched, most of the, most of the time, I, I, I honestly think I agree with the critic. You know, people wouldn't have taken that into account. Like, the first one that I could, that really stood out, that because uh, I looked for him the second time I watched it. The first time, the first one when she pulls the egg out and then she breaks it, you know, she drops it and it's got like a half, you know, uh, a, a chicken fetus inside of it. You know what I'm saying? That was one yeah. of them. Uh, the the goat when she's milking the goat and the blood comes out of the goat. That's another one. Um, you know, so I and then on top of that, people taking into consideration that a witch's job was to be a servant of the devil. That was it. That's what she did. You know what I'm saying? And there was a whole coven of them, you know, in the woods that that never got explained until the end of it, which kind of pissed me off. But, uh, you know, overall, you know, that was her sole job. So the link in with the 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 Black Philip devil thing, you know, the the devil that comes out and looks like a pirate that that kind of bothered me a little bit. Um, you know, when he walks behind her and whatever else he does, if you look at it, he looks like a pirate. <laughs> but uh you know, the, that all linked together. The the witch's sole purpose was to put this family through hell. And then I think, in my personal opinion, I think that the whole thing behind this is that, you know, I think that they were trying to push the whole family to the edge, to the point, to see who would go nutty enough or who would, you know, to coin the phrase, come to the dark side. And I think Thomason was the one that actually chose to go. Because, well, I know, feel like she was forced into it because she was like, no, I like love God. And then her dad was like, are you sure? And she's like, yeah. And she's like, are you sure? And if you make someone doubt something enough, eventually you're just going to say, OK, fuck it. I guess I am. Uh, yeah, you're right. I, I'll give you that. I, I still uh, you're I'm still not convinced on your original point that there's which stuff in here that's not explained enough for a person to get because I feel like, they explained all the witch stuff greatly. I think that your point would be more important if I took the witch out like I want to. Because then there would be a lot of stuff that you wouldn't put together. Because besides them saying, oh, well, someone's a witch, you would have no fucking clue. But because the witch is there, if you, to, to quote Jay over here, if you lack the common sense... You're not going to put these together, but I think everyone would put this together. And see, I so don't. As, as, I don't. Someone, as someone who did not really like the movie, because I'm kind of in the middle of you two guys, it seems. As someone who didn't really like the movie, but also knows pretty much everything that Kenneth knows about witch lore, the subtle hints that it gives you was one of my favorite things about it. Because they are super subtle, but it, with, like I said, if you have enough common sense, you figure them out. Um,. So that's 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 kind of where I'm at with those. But see, that's I think the, the difference. Only... That's the difference between me and and most people. I don't give the general audience enough credit for that much common sense. I really, I, I really I, just don't. I have to look at the audience for this movie, and I would think that the audience for this movie would not be your typical uh, horror fan. I think this would be. Um, a slightly higher class. Well, see, I'm going to I'm going to have to interject there. I'm in several different horror horror movie groups on Facebook, and there's so many people who saw it just because it was a horror movie because 
I mean, action and comedy are probably the two most released in the theater. And I guess comic book movies, if you want to put them in their own separate genre. So when a horror movie comes out in the theaters, most people just go see it because they're fans of horror. And there's so many people disappointed. And it's probably because cause of the subtle stuff that they just didn't pick up on. Because or, I will definitely, I'll definitely say that the subtle stuff adds to your enjoyment of the movie if you can pick up on it. Whereas if you'd missed it, then everything else would be even that much more boring. Or they were disappointed because of the fucking art film pretending to be a horror movie. Well, I mean, I'll, tell, I'll give you an example. You know, the first time before I got to watch the movie, I had a friend of mine that I was working with at the time. You know, he said he went and saw it, and he absolutely hated it for that same thing. But he's also a gore hound. You know what I'm saying? That's that's his thing. You know, he he you know he's all into Eli Roth and Quentin Tarantino for all the gore and whatnot. You know what I'm saying? So you know that uh, that's his thing, and he absolutely hated it. And and when I actually watched it, I I kind of picked up on that. That I honestly, you know, I agree with Jay. The general audience that goes in there and just sees it because it's a horror movie, you know, and the trailer was misleading too. You know, yes, it's a complete bait and it's a it's a bait and switch like. This is a the horror movie. It's the new like like they built up this movie as something creepy and spectacular. When I saw the trailers for this, I was like, "This movie's gonna be fucked up," and it wasn't. It it really wasn't that fucked up. It was pretty tame, and the whole time I was just kind of like, "Well, this shot's really pretty." Well, I would say that the atmosphere is probably one of the best things the movie has going for it, and that's probably where all the critics are coming from who gave it these rave reviews that they could put on their trailer because the atmosphere is done really well. It's just for people like us, the payoff wasn't, wasn't enough. And see, for me, it was, you know, because I really, you know, I, the subtle hints that you, that you, you know, you point out, you know what I'm saying? Those are the things that made me love the movie even more, you know, because I liked all that thing. You know, I like the, the focus on like when uh, when the boy comes back and he's all you know freaking out and laying laying down and he spits the apple out and all the rest of that all all those things that were added in you know I, those were the things that I liked about the movie and then right after that when the boy sounds like he's you know you know when he see, thinks that he's seeing Jesus or maybe really is you know seeing Jesus as he's you know as he's about to die you know all that all that mixed together in there man I mean I just I loved it I loved everything about it. You know, maybe I ha I am just still on the complete opposite side of the fence because a lot of the stuff that y'all are calling subtle, I don't think are subtle. I don't think they were like, I like I I felt like as soon as you saw it, you got it. It wasn't subtle. You knew exactly what it was because there's a fucking witch. Like if you don't know that witches like bad apples, then I have to wonder where you grew well, up. Well, that at. one wasn't really as subtle, but um, but my the, point is the reason why I like the thing about the apple is because of the emphasis that that was put on earlier in the movie about how much the boy liked apples. Okay, that that's cute. But if we're going to talk about that, we're also going to talk about how much the boy liked his sister's titties. And hence the reason just as much. Yeah, and hey, just, when you lock up people into a single cabin, and tell them they're not allowed to have sexual thoughts. They're just going to be attracted to fucking table legs for all. <laughs> I've, I've seen my fair share of uh, table legs. And, and if you uh, look at it, man, in, this, you. in the 1600s, you know, incest was rampant with families that lived out in the middle of nowhere in seclusion. So That's true. I honestly think that this I, – I think Kenneth was bored this entire movie, and as soon as he saw 
Thomason's ass, he decided, well, I need to figure out reasons why I like this movie so I can keep watching it. Actually, I really enjoyed her ass, but I was disappointed. You don't see that until, like, the final five minutes of the movie. I know, and after that, he's like, okay, I need to figure out reasons why to like this movie. I was actually Uh, more enthralled by the naked old lady. (laughs) For all us Game of Thrones fans. Um... Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm still, like, on the fence where I respect the movie. I think it was very well done. As an art, as a piece of art, it was just really, really good, really well done. It was just boring to me. I would love to re-edit the movie to just take out those witch scenes and see how different the movie feels if those were taken out. And I'm kind of – I'm honestly debating on – uh, I debated on trying to do that myself. I don't think I'm a good enough editor to do it. I feel like I could do I don't that. Get, I don't want to get the shit suit out of me. Well, you don't well, distribute it. You just edit it for yourself and watch it. Jay, you should totally edit it for him so that way he can watch it without it. I might do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't. That's that's. I think I've got my point across. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think uh, both of our points are across. Kenneth across. loved it. I'm kind of in the middle. You didn't really like it at all. I just thought it was boring as shit, and nothing happened, and the build-up was not worth it, and I just feel like, take out the witch, and this would have been a really good movie. But at the same time, it makes me want to go back and watch Warlock again. Yeah, yeah I think we can all agree that Warlock is a badass movie. I, I have a better suggestion. You all come over, and we'll, we'll play the Warlock on the Super Nintendo. That's a terrible idea and not worth the flight I'd have to take. Well, we'll see with me. I'm, that would be awesome for me because I've never actually got to play that game. Well, I have it. Well, you know, you're only five hours away, so maybe I'll come <laughs> up there. That's true. So, I, do we have anything? Does anyone have anything they want to bring up um, before we end this lovely, lovely podcast? About the witch? No, I'm done with that. I returned it to Redbox. It'll never grace my shelf. It'll grace my shelf. The cover of it's really cool because it has the best thing in the movie on the front cover, and that's Black Phillip. I really want a goat that big. Is that the is that the goat? I fucking yeah. love you the goat. You literally have Black Phillip tattooed on your fucking chest. So that goat was fucking huge. I have never seen a goat that big in real life. Well, enhance your tattoo. And I've well, seen it was a, a witch goat. It was a devil goat. I really want one. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I'm gonna visit you one day and you're gonna be like, Come meet my new pet, Black Phillip. Hell yeah, I'm gonna have it in the backyard. You know what I'm saying? It's already fenced in back there, so and I won't never have to cut the grass. You just have to pick up a lot of shit. It'll be alright, that's what I got Jade for. <laughs> <laughs> you can make your daughter do it. Hey man, this is living in the country. <laughs> that's true. So everyone who enjoys Kill the Cast, this is our third podcast the first one was done by jay and i the second one was done by kenneth and i the third one was done by all three and jay and i would like to officially welcome kenneth as the third permanent member of kill the cast we are a a team that is going to bring our thoughts and views of horror to you and they we a lot of times have different opinions between the three of us and that's what's going to make this very interesting as we continue down this path. If you have a movie that you would like to hear us 
review or talk about, um, please let us know, and we will definitely uh, put it on our list and see what we get to. I, I have no idea what we're going to do next time, but this was a really fun episode. I, I'm really I, glad. I agree. I can't wait to, to dive into it deeper when I edit it and put the video version together. Let's do uh, on... next. <laughs> we can do it. <laughs> we can do a Shyamalan episode. You're um, gonna do a. I'm gonna kill myself live on podcast as soon as we get. Oh uh, man, village. we get so many views. That'd be awesome. <laughs> as soon as we get to the village, just fucking gun to the mouth, and I'm gonna blow my brains all over that airspace that that apparently they got the government to make a no fly zone. <laughs> Fuck that movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, and we're going to get into it again because I absolutely love that one, too. Oh, I know man. you do. <laughs> so we've, got, we've all got some things lined up. Um, Jerry put out the first Kill the Trailer YouTube episode. These are going to be short little reviews of trailers themselves, kind of just talking about the history of horror trailers, and then at the end of each video, whoever's making it will just say if they would or would not watch the movie based on it and why. Um, we've got some special guests lined up in the coming months, talk about different horror related things. Uh, I want to start doing top tens for the YouTube channel. I'd like to talk about horror video games at some point. So we've got a, a lot of, a lot of stuff in the works. Yeah. Silent Hill. Woo. Silent Hill is amazing. And we really want this to be as fan interactive as possible. I know we've only got, we've got less than 200 people on Facebook. We've got like 60 listens on the websites we listen to, we, we put the podcast on. But if you're out there and you're actually listening to us, find us on Facebook, talk to us. There's three of us who have access to it. We'll respond to you at one point or another. We want to make the super fan interactive uh, and just have a lot of fun with it. I agree with everything he said. All of it. <laughs> Every single bit. I agree. Silent Hill Revelations was such a good movie. I really oh, you can't fucking suck. I ought to blow your head off of that. <laughs> uh, oh, well, man. I liked both Silent Hill movies for the, different reasons. The first one was awesome. The second one sucked. The second it's one so had some great visuals, though. Like, yeah. I really enjoyed Revelations. It's one of the only movies I saw in 3D that I actually thought the 3D was great throughout the entire movie because of its dark visuals. But, like, Kenneth, who's a huge Silent Hill fan, my girlfriend Reese, who's a huge Silent Hill fan, they both just give me the, the evil. I'm a huge Silent Hill fan. Look. And I don't mind it. I think there's some stupid changes, but I'm just totally open when it comes to interpreting stories and making hey, movies based on things. As far as I'm concerned, if you put Jon Snow in the movie, it can't be a bad movie. <laughs> and Jon Snow is in that movie. That's true. Yeah, right. well, I, I feel like if I ate a whole bunch of hallucinogenics before I watched it, I might have liked it. <laughs> Kenneth, we gave up that life. So, I, I think that's it for us. Um, we had a great, great podcast. Um, we will hopefully be back within a week or two. We don't have a set timeline for how we do these. We pick a movie, we do it, we find a day that we can all get together, and that's how we do it. So... Thank you, everyone, for watching. Like, subscribe, comment, all that jazz, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, uh, Podmatic, uh, Stitcher, all that jazz, because that's my new favorite saying is all that jazz. Um, so, yeah, all that jazz, and we will see you next time on Kill the Cast.